I have enjoyed listening to Jesus Smart for over a year and a half now and have been greatly blessed by encouraging words, thought-provoking conversations, and sound doctrine. Keep up the good work. Hey there, welcome to the podcast, Jesus Smart, the podcast, Brian Del Turco, episode 205. Today's focus, God speaking to George Washington Carver, an African-American botanist from the 1800s, said, I'll show you the secret of the peanut. What can we learn from his life? How can we unleash the potential that God wants to bring through us? What is that latent potential that he wants us to release? In today's episode 205, I'm really glad you're here. Can I encourage you to go back and uh, consider listening to episodes 202 and 203 with Steve Witt, Your Life as a Preview of Coming Attractions. Uh, While you're going back in the catalog, why not listen to episode 201, An Invitation to Prosecute the Devil, and episode 200 was Why Most People Will Never Be Successful, Victor Frankel and Jesus. Well, I'm glad you're here. I hope you're doing well. George Washington Carver, who was this man? I really enjoy his life. I enjoy the modeling of his life, the work that he did. He was a devout Christian and a world-class expert in botany in the late 1800s. I believe that Ford and Edison both tried to hire him. He was so creative. He was so brilliant. He refused and said, I have to continue doing what I'm doing in the South. I think he called it God's little workshop. He was highly educated, yet his testimony before the United States Congress, they invited him, I think, for like a 20-minute session before a committee, and then it was maybe a couple hours later, they were so taken with his presentation, and his testimony was that God revealed secrets to him. Even though he was highly educated in his field, he began each day with prayer that God would reveal insights about plants and vegetables, revolutionized Southern agriculture post-Civil War, and moved it away from primarily a cotton-based agricultural economy to all kinds of other vegetables like the peanut, the sweet potato, and more. God told Carver, I'll show you the secret of the peanut. And what did he do? He discovered many innovative uses for the peanut and also the sweet potato and soybeans and other crops, totally transforming Southern agriculture and transforming the Southern economy of the United States. You see, George Washington Carver invited the Lordship and the leadership of Christ into his work. And in doing that, he unleashed the potential of a part of creation he was called to develop. He was actually mentored by the Creator in his work. You see, I believe that Jesus Christ came and walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. There's an indication there in the early chapters of Genesis that the Lord would come down in the cool of the day and walk with them, conversing, relating, I believe mentoring them, coaching them, if you will, in their assignment. These were likely what scholars uh, say are Christophanies or appearances of Christ on earth, even before he came in human form in the New Testament. Why would Adam and Eve need a conversational relationship with God, even this mentoring relationship? Well, they were designed 
to exercise dominion over all things, to cultivate and to release the latent potential of creation. It says in Genesis 1.28, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and rule. We could call this the creation commission or the creation mandate. Their vital connection with Jesus relationally, conversationally, listening, yielding to him, to his expertise is what empowered and equipped them for this role. There was a flow of the life of Jesus into their being as they ate from the tree of life and walked with Christ from time to time. Wisdom and revelation were imparted to them. Jesus put it this way to his disciples in John 15, and I just believe that this is the dynamic that George Washington Carver tapped into. Jesus said this, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. See, the life essence that was in the vine flowed into the branches and produces fruit. Jesus said, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What a promise. My Father is glorified by this, he says, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You see, just like George Washington Carver, I love his humble living connection with Jesus and his ability and hunger to receive wisdom and intelligence from Christ. Just like Adam and Eve would walk in the cool of the day in the garden and be coached, have a conversational relationship with Jesus, receive the very life essence of Jesus into them. Just like Jesus spoke of in John 15 later about abiding in him and bearing much fruit. But we have small assignments, medium-sized assignments, and large lifetime objectives and goals that the Lord would have for us to live our best life. And he wants us to release the latent potential of what's around us, creation itself, through our lives. Humans have oversight and responsibility. That's ruling over creation in Genesis. We're designed to be generative and creative. We're to live expansively. That's the word multiply. We're called to exert positive influence, fill the earth fill it up and to cultivate things, subdue. The word subdue there in Genesis, I believe actually means to cultivate, which is to release the latent potential of something. So Adam and Eve are like exemplars. They're like prototypes. And they were placed in Eden to safeguard it, to tend it. They were assigned to release the latent potential of what was around them. The latent potential of creation itself. Listen to this powerful scripture in Psalm 115, verse 16. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given, or some scholarship understands the meaning of that word to mean assigned. So let's read it that way. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given or assigned to the sons of men. So each of us is placed on this planet on assignment. We're designed for something bigger than just ourselves or some false narrative for sure. We're created for the narrative of Christ. The narrative of, of our life story is meant to be a 
integral part of and to fit into the narrative of Christ, the unfolding story of his kingdom and the life and the brilliance of the new heavens and new earth to come. Check out Isaiah 65, 17, also 2 Peter 3, 13. You see, we're saved by grace, not by works. We're not saved by performance. We're not saved by the assignment that we fulfill. Paul said in Ephesians 2.10 that we're saved by, or actually verses 8, 9, and 10, we're saved by grace through faith and not by works. But then in verse 10, he kind of flips it a little bit and actually says, actually, it's not about our work. We are his workmanship is what he says in verse 10. And we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. We are actually, it means a work of art, the ultimate artisan, the creator is recreating us in Christ and we're beautifully designed to experience the good works, those unique things he wants us to do. For George Washington Carver, it was unlocking agriculture, post-Civil War, Southern United States and revolutionizing the economy and moving the history of the United States forward, a key part in that. But the Lord has prepared things for us to do. And these are all connected to this approach to life, which is assignment-focused, questing after, Lord, what do you have for me? Callings and even passions and desires that are authentically from you that you want to surface and have me express. See, our assignment, it multiplies value to people and to things around us. It's a value add. It's a value multiplier. Our assignments taken together, they aggregate and they serve the larger story of Christ. And so my encouragement to you today is to consider how you can unleash the very potential of Christ in your life through you. Ask him about it. You see, when we express our faith as request, This brings glory to the Father, especially those things that he most wants us to ask about, that there may be much fruit, and we invite Christ into any and every situation. We partner with him, releasing his potential. Here's what Dallas Willard said in The Divine Conspiracy, tremendous book about the kingdom of God, really taken from the Sermon on the Mount. Prayer, he says, is coming to the one who has repeatedly invaded human history and continues to do so. See, my friend, I'm going to add a comment here. He did not just invade history in the Gospels of the New Testament when he was on the earth in human form. He continues to do it through us. Now, let me get back to his quote. Prayer, he says, is intelligently working with him to accomplish ends that fulfill his purposes in creation and in fostering human life upon the earth. A great statement. Consider these four bullet points, would you? Christ impresses us with solutions, with the highest information and fruitful initiatives. Would that not be a great prayer theme? Christ, impress upon me the solutions that you want to bring through me. Give me the highest and best information for my scenario, for my situation, for my context. Give me fruitful initiatives that bring glory to the Father by bearing much fruit. Bullet point number two. There's a real sense in which the potential of Christ is our potential. See, Jesus said if we truly believe in him, we will actually do greater things 
if we can believe this, greater things than he did. He said that in John 14 and verse 12. In partnership with Christ, we want to see something of the potential of Christ released through us. See, potential energy is stored energy. It's possible. But kinetic energy is released energy and applied energy. The potential of Christ is our potential, but we want to see it become kinetic. The kinetic capacities of Jesus Christ through the filter, through the prism that is your life. That's number two. Here's a third bullet point. You and I are like gateways to bring this potential of Christ into our personal worlds, into the sphere of influence that God has designed us for. You are like a unique prism, really. And just like in a prism in science, the color, you bring white light into the prism, but it releases the multi-colors through the prism. So the colors of Christ's potential refracts through you as a unique prism. We are like gateways. And finally, four, the fourth bullet point. Why not? Why not? What if you were to consistently ask God for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, Ephesians 1.17, to operate in your life about everything? What if that were to be like a blanket prayer or some kind of a blanket covering over your life that you really begin to see derivatives in your life from that prayer over time, consistently asking for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, Ephesians 1.17. Just like George Washington Carver got up every morning and asked God for insights and wisdom and revelation about the world of plants. Here's a few questions. What do you want to improve? What parts of creation or of what's around you do you feel God is calling you to develop? to cultivate. Think about it. Write it down. Don't let it, don't lose it. Come back to it. Circle back to it in your journal, maybe, or circle back to it, certainly, in prayer. Review and rehearse those edges and begin to then move from the place of prayer into applied faith. Begin to see the potential of Christ actually become kinetic, not just stored energy, not just available energy, applied energy flowing through you where you cultivate and develop that which the Father wants to touch. Can we pray together for just a moment? Father, we agree together. We ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we would have the passion to abide in Christ and his words abide in us that we would yield to Christ, that we would yield to the sayings of Christ and walk in his words, obedient in our faith. And your promise in John 15 is that whatever we ask, you will bring it. Oh, Father, may our faith rise to the words of Jesus. May our faith elevate to what we read, what he said, what he is now saying to us, May we see people like a George Washington Carver as a model, as a template of successful, influential living. I will show you the secrets of the peanut. Father, bring it to us, we pray. We receive it in Jesus' name. Here's a question. What is your peanut? (laughs) What is your peanut? Even starting small, what is your peanut? What can you unlock? I think he unlocked it, locked over, was it over 100? I believe it was well over 100 uses of just the peanut. That little small part of God's creation seems humble, seems small, 
Seems like a small start. Don't underestimate it. He went on to other crops. Taken together, he revolutionized the whole, the whole Southern agriculture in the United States post-Civil War. I hope you and I are inspired to do that. I hope we run with others who are also pursuing those edges because that's motivational, inspirational, uh, accountable, leverages and multiplies your time when we run with others who have a similar spirit about them, a similar quest. I'm glad you joined the podcast today. This is episode 205. Would you share this with someone? Remember, Jesus is brilliant. Everything's moving in his direction. He's going to transform all things. We're moving towards a whole new future in Jesus. Right now, though, we get to live in that potential. We get to taste and sample what's coming as a witness to what's coming. I appreciate you. We'll catch you next time.